Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Jeff, man, I, I totally get it, man. It's been a rough week. I mean, there was the dick pic thing. Everybody understands that. And the divorce and, you know, the headquarters thing falling through. But I, I, I don't even know de Blasio or Cuomo, man. You, you're you worth, like, more money than God. You, you should be able to figure this out for yourself. The following podcast contains... Yes, sir, he commenced to cussing and laying about with threat. Don't you cuss at me, Jimmy Dean. I'll sick my dog on you. You have to use so many cuss words. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When even you don't have an answer to why you should be president, but you're still running? What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, February 15th, 2019, Howard's End edition of the show, where we talk about the guy from Starbucks and his really bad ideas, and not just the ones that first shitty coffee. Stay tuned. The What the Hell You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Regular Ass Coffee. Regular Ass Coffee wants you to know that it's just some regular ass coffee, hot, black, and in a paper cup. That's all you really need. Regular Ass Coffee wants to ask why you are paying five fucking dollars for a cup of coffee when you can get a regular ass coffee for a buck fifty pretty much anywhere. Regular Ass Coffee points out that God, a goddamn milkshake with some coffee in it is not a cup of coffee. It's a milkshake. Regular Ass Coffee also points out the coffee should be heard hot and not over ice. Who the fuck wants cold coffee? Throw that shit out and get yourself a fresh cup of regular ass coffee. Stop ordering that triple half-cap vanilla latte shit with a caramel shot and just order a regular-ass coffee and be in and out of the coffee shop in two minutes. Regular-ass coffee. Hot coffee in a goddamn cup. It's all you really need. Oh, he's going to take it off again. Uh, After he steals the tank. Oh? From the Panzer Division. Oh? He brings it here into the barracks. Oh, I see nothing. I was not here. I did not even get up. This morning, <laughs> I see nothing. That's Schultz. For my 10th birthday, my grandparents gave me a $100 bill. It was a family tradition for each of the grandkids. When each grandchild was born, they put $10 aside and added another $10 every year until our 10th birthday. Now, they weren't rich, they were just barely middle class, but this was a way to do a big thing for their grandkids. So, I found myself the recipient of an incredible largesse, because in the year 1979 in a small town in Tennessee, 100 bucks was not just 100 bucks, it was a... That's a shitload of money! It's about 350 bucks in today's money, which is still nothing to sneeze at. And I remember standing there holding that Benjamin in my hand, my sister looking at me with just such a look of jealousy, knowing that she had four more years to wait before she got hers. And for the first time in my life, I felt powerful. And it was more than just what I could buy with that money. Though I had that shit picked out all year. Hot Wheels racetrack, a new bike, an Atari console. The options were limitless in my young mind. But it seemed with that kind of money, anything was possible. People would respect me because... I'm rich, bitch! Because what else is money, really? I mean, it's not just the luxury items like a Darth Vader TIE fighter, but it's knowing how with money, 
No one can tell you what to do. No one can tell you how to spend your money. If I had wanted to take the entire hundo and go out and buy $101 toys, yeah, I didn't understand sales tax back then. Then by God, that's what I was going to do with my fucking money. Money means no one can tell you what to do. Do you know how fucking rich I am? So, of course, after a week and after I'd spent my birthday hundo, I was no longer rich, David. I was just regular old Dave again. I might have had a chopper-style spider bike, but I didn't have no hundo. And the fun of being rich is in the possibilities. It's how it opens up the possibilities of the things you can get rather than the things you got with the money. You gain wisdom, child. This is the only explanation that can, I can think of as to why Howard Schultz is fucking around with his running for president shit. Who's Howard? Oh, you guys know Howard. Y'all use his bathroom whenever you're on the road and need a nice, clean place to take a dump. Some of you, for some reason, even drink a shitty coffee every day. Howard. 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 Right, the Starbucks guy. You guys know Howard. Howard Schultz, born in Brooklyn, 1953, to Elaine and Fred Schultz. Lovely people. Howard likes to portray himself as a tough kid from the Brooklyn Projects who grew up hard and made it big in the global coffee game. But you should probably know that growing up in the Canarsie Bayview housing projects in the 1950s and 60s was a little different than today. I mean, today, the Bayview houses are some of the roughest projects in New York City. One of the few neighbors in New York where the murder rate is actually rising. But in the 50s, according to a HuffPo article, quote, a 1958 article in Progressive Architecture as reviewed by HuffPost called the housing development middle income saying it was designed to alleviate the shortage of housing for people in this wage class. The project was over 90% white. In 1970, when Schultz lived there, the average family income in the area was nearly $12,000, or $70,000 in today's money. Today, the medium household income for the Bayview Canarchy Houses is $23,000, according to the census. Sounds dangerous, Tom. Before he was candidate Schultz, he even described the experience a bit more prosaically. In his book, From the Ground Up, Jesus Schultz, quote, echoes his view, providing a more nuanced vision than he has in his interviews, saying that the housing project was not designed for dead ends, but to jumpstart lives. The projects, I grew up with them, may have been safe from crime, but there were no soft landings, unquote. None of this is to say that Howard's family wasn't poor, but let's just say Howard might be shading a thing for the purpose of a more compelling presidential biography. He went from the projects to be the first in his family to graduate college and then into corporate sales, where as a sales rep for a Swedish coffee maker company called Hammerplast. Hammer time. Through them, he met in 1981 the founders of the original Starbucks coffee. He even worked for them for a few years, eventually leaving to start his own coffee shop after they declined to fund Howie's vision of a coffee shop on every corner. Howie opened his own proto-Starbucks, which so impressed the founders of the original Starbucks that they sold the name to Schultz, who re renamed his shop Starbucks and proceeded to conquer the world. In 1995, Schultz offered the IPO for Starbucks, and by 2000, the coffee roasters were ubiquitous. So ubiquitous, comics, including your humble pod host, were required by law to have at least one Starbucks inside a Starbucks joke in their sets. In 2000, he stepped down as CEO to focus on taking Starbucks International, where he again succeeded by putting the Starbucks on the moon. 
This joke was also a staple of late 90s, early 2000s stand-up. He returned for a second time as CEO in 2008 when the chain began to founder after the rapid expansion, turning it around and putting it back on the sound financial footing. Under his leadership, Starbucks was and is one of the most progressive corporations known for fair pay, good benefits, and even tuition assistance for employees. All things considered, Starbucks is one of the more benign corporate entities out there and is responsible for far less child murder and human trafficking than their next closest competitor, Tim Hortons, who frankly are just gratuitous with their behavior in this manner it's all right darling they're just canadian oh and for reasons no one understands least of all howard howard schultz wants to be president now to be clear there is zero chance that howard schultz will actually be elected statistically speaking he and i are but a mere fraction of a percent apart from the odds of either one of us ever sitting in the oval office there is simply no possible way this will ever happen my god i've heard a rant like this before right 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 i know we all said that shit back in 2015 about the guy who could never happen and then that shit happened but say what you will about trump dictatorial egomaniacal frigid lunatic asshole he had one thing going for him that howard just doesn't a core of xenophobic backward racist idiots that believe every fucking word he says is handed down from god in order to uplift the white man and keep him in his rightful position of dominance and eating at mcdonald's and that all the time will definitely not give you a heart attack what does howard have a lot of people want coffee right and about three billion dollars in the bank and it's not even so much that howard has the delusion of being president it's that he's going about it as an independent rather than throwing his hat in with one of the parties schultz Says he identifies as a Democrat, though voting records indicate he rarely votes, which, hey, before 2016, big crowd, you know. But Howard knows that the Democrats are fielding a lot of candidates this year, and the most popular among them are running on a very progressive platform. Medicare for all, Green New Deal, making rich fuckers pay their fair share, and all of those things are to Howard. Well, let's see. How, how did he put it in his own words? He wants to abolish the insurance industry. That's that's not correct. That's not American. Why do you think Medicare for all, in your words, is not American? It's, it's not that it's not American. It's unaffordable. No. And in that field, no one is going to look at Howard. And if Democrats want a w old white guy with center left politics and mildly left views on social issues, we've got Joe Biden for that. So Howard knows he can't run as a Democrat. So why not run as a Republican and primary Trump as a GOP candidate? He would seem to be a natural fit for the GOP of, I don't know, 2012, a rich white guy who wants to keep taxes low, health care in the hands of rich white guys, and that just seems like a match made in heaven, right? Except, you know, the current occupant wiped the floor with those assholes, and if the Republicans want an old white guy with center-right fiscal politics and slightly less center-right social politics, they've got John Kasich for that. So Howard knows he can't run as a Republican. Well, if there can be no arrangement, then we are at an impasse. I'm afraid so. Unless Howard runs as an independent, which, as a man with basically unlimited money, he is one of the rare few people in the world who can launch a credible independent campaign. Again, he can't win and is basically taking millions of dollars, wiping his ass with the money, and then lighting it on fire. But people will certainly pay attention. I mean, already CNN has given this fucker all kinds of free airtime, just like they did with another impossible candidate back in the day. And we all remember how that turned out. 
Just this week, they gave a guy who's not actually running for president yet his own town hall roundtable discussion. They aired live like he was an actual candidate running for election instead of a rich guy who was just going around saying he might run for election, which has the net effect of getting his name into the news and make people think for just a second that he might be a guy who can shake up Washington or help the little guy. And besides, they like the taste of an overpriced burnt coffee. Honest God, there are times when I almost agree that with Trump that CNN is the enemy of the people. But even with CNN riding him like a closet perched on his shoulder, whispering insanity in his ear, Howard Schultz cannot win. What he can do is siphon off just enough votes to make it possible for Trump to win. Oh, hell no. And this has made Howard and his entire idea of running just slightly unpopular. That's a bit of an understatement, don't you think? I think it was this gentleman at Howie's book release in a Manhattan Barnes & Noble that best captured the gist of national opinion. Don't help elect Trump, you egotistical billionaire Go back to getting ratioed on Twitter. Go back to Davos with the other billionaire elite who think they know how to run the world. It's not just the heckler class who finds flaws in Schultz's logic. Vox said of his scene in town hall, quote, his policy answers were exercises of vacuity, less showcases for potential candidate, and more giant televised sucking sounds, unquote. The New York Magazine termed his actions thusly, quote, it's hardly news that the Starbucks billionaire's nascent third-party presidential campaign is powered by pompous delusions and hoarded wealth. But the Olympian scale of Schultz's arrogance, his campaign's pointlessness, did not come into full view until he took the stage in Houston last night, unquote. And then there was this chunk of vitriol, quote, in turn, given the opportunity to air a free primetime infomercial for his candidacy on national television, Schultz effectively pitched himself as Tim Kaine, but with none of the policy knowledge, governing experience, humility, candor, or raw sexual charisma. Damn! Howie seems to believe there's this vast, untapped mass of Americans who are secretly yearning for a bland, centrist billionaire to sweep in and save them with his generic platitudes, non-existent policies, and corporate leadership. His prima facie belief is both parties are too extreme, too rancorous, and too angry to ever govern the nation, and he, with his vanilla chai latte demeanor and total lack of awareness, is the cure for our partisan fever. This coming from a guy who honestly believed he could fix race relations in this country by riding on a fucking coffee cup. That poor guy. What a dipshit. It's not entirely clear where this belief comes from because polling shows Americans are more partisan than ever. You need to turn over a shit ton of rocks to find a genuine independent voter as the vast majority of independent voters politically align with one of the two major parties they just don't like the label. And when you pull, poll on what people support, what they vote on, what they actually believe, you will find that they will vote for a candidate of one of the two parties or for a candidate that represents those issues. Actual independents are rarer than a competent lawyer representing the Trump family. So again, where does Howard think these magical votes will come from? It turns out that if they're there, they'll come from Democrats. 
Yes. Those fuckers. According to Bloomberg, quote, Schultz's supporters are grayer, wealthier, and more educated than other voters, according to a poll by Optimus, which has worked with Republican candidates. 70% of his backers are older than 55, and there are more women, 57% than there are men, 43%. The National Survey of 1,290 registered voters found former President Joe Biden leading Trump 50% to 43% in a head-to-head matchup, but Biden's lead shrinks to 4% when Schultz is included. Trump narrowly led Senator Kamala Harris 45 to 43, but his lead swelled to 4 percent with Schultz as an option. Trump also led three-way laces against Senator Elizabeth Warren and former Representative Beto, and former Representative Beto O'Rourke, unquote. There are Democrats, not an insubstantial number of Democrats, who are centrist to their bone. Thank you, fucking Bill Clinton. Once upon a time, they would have been Republicans, but the GOP has become in the past decade a ravening bunch of red-hatted lunatics raving about brown people, Jesus, and stockpiling guns for the apocalypse. And that sort of behavior makes centrist white rich people uncomfortable, so they become nominal Democrats over the years. And a dude like Howie, with his social views and fiscal conservatism, gets a few of them harder than a Viagra martini. And in a close race, those Viagra martini votes count a fucking lot. Everyone knows this. Even Howard knows this. In a three-way race, Trump wins, period. So why the fuck would Howard Schultz, who by all accounts is not a stupid man, nor is he a MAGA-hatted chud looking to build a wall around America, take a shit in America's Frappuccino? Is it because he's rich? Yes, I am. Yes, yes. (laughs) Very, very rich. I guess he's like a 10-year-old Dave holding a hundo in his hand. Howard believes that money means no one can tell him what to do. He believes that he knows what is best for America, and by God, he has the money to make it happen. He is literally blinded to reality by his billions. Money made him a moron. I mean, the guy's got so much money, he has the audacity to think he can heal America. How can he heal America when he can't even get his own hometown to stop spitting on him when he walks past? From Politico, quote, You don't have to listen to hard to hear a bad word about Schultz in Seattle. He's a favorite object of scorn here, just as Donald Trump is in New York. Schultz first got on the wrong side of the headlines in the early 1990s, an improbable civic and legal battle over something that sounded small, a driveway, unquote. Long story short, he put a driveway in his house that intruded into the city park. And after getting away with that, he put up a fence, built a path, a masonry wall, and an iron fucking gate, essentially turning the city park into his own front yard. And then Howard... Oh, Howard, 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 Howard. ...went and bought himself a basketball team, the beloved Seattle Supersonics. And in just a few short years, Howard botched the running of the team, lost their marquee players, cratered their playoff chances, and then hemorrhaging money sold the team to a group of businessmen from Oklahoma City who promptly moved the team, naturally, to Oklahoma City. Howard told the people of Seattle that he was very sorry for the loss of the only team to ever bring a championship to Seattle, to which the people of Seattle replied to Howard, Oh, blow it out your ass, Howard. In a city filled with billionaires going back decades, billionaires who've treated Seattle as their own personal helicopter parking lot, lobbied away progressive legislation, filled it with douchey tech bros, and just generally being Jeff Bezos. When someone says the words billionaire asshole, they are universally referring to no one other than Howard Schultz. And this is the guy who thinks he can fix America? This guy's a fucking moron. Usually when guys get this rich, they decide they're going to do something crazy 
by like, I don't know, going to space. But this fucker's unrealistic expectation is being fucking president. Someone knock him out and fucking put him on the next of one of Elon's fucking orbiting cars to go out. Michael Bloomberg, a man of whom I am not a fan. The guy's a fucking double barrel prick. Had the same idea back in 2016, but he took one look at the math and kept the fuck out of it. This time around, Mike made himself a Democrat, and if he runs, it will do so in the DNC primary because he understands that in America, we have two parties. Like it or hate it, if you want to be president, you go through one of the parties. Can we send Mike over to Howie's place with some VHS copies of Ross fucking Perot and get him to talk some sense into this asshole before he does something we will all regret? Because we cannot afford this kind of bullshit in 2020. Even the fucking Steiniacs and Johnson heads are lining up to find a way to vote for a major party this time around because even they know the damage Howie can do if he runs. Because, you know, they had a direct hand in giving us the orange hate in the first place and even they are ready to do what it takes to get Trump out next year. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overreacting to this entire thing. I mean, it's still early, and, and Howie hasn't even officially declared or anything. It's possible this is just a vanity exercise, or he'll read the writing on the wall, writing that contains many, many profanities or imprecations on his intelligence, and just abandon the whole thing. Or maybe, maybe his uh, candidacy will be uh, dealt with. After all, discord. Is very bad for business. Perhaps it should be dealt with at the solstice gathering called at the Bohemian Grove when the tabernacle is assembled. When the ritual of the assembly is completed and the floor is open for the anointed to speak, someone will rise. Perhaps the gates or one of the cokes. And they will point out how the stars are not yet right for one of the tabernacle to ascend and demand Howard put aside his foolishness. Perhaps Howard will rise and demand the right of Conthar to address the tabernacle, but that Bezos will wrap the staff of Rockefeller on the stone of Aster and call for order. The anointed will continue by saying the tabernacle failed to act when the imposter announced his bid for ascendance. The imposter who longed to be seated at the tabernacle but was a pathetic pretender of the hallowed status of the anointed. Should not they, the mightiest of the mighty, have acted to prevent the sowing of discord when the imposter came forward and allowed disruption of the pattern weaving? And the buffet will stand forth and call for the oracle to be summoned and pronounce the fate, thus bringing forth the spirit of Jobs. He who has risen. And the Schultz will stand in judgment when the wraith form of the jobs will manifest and speak the ancient tongue, ordering the Schultz to forgive this foolishness and adhere to the words described in the stone of Carnegie. Seek you not the light, but rule as gods from the shadow. And thus the tabernacle will call the role of Mansa Musa and Schultz will submit lest he face the wrath of the Zuckerberg, destroyer of souls and reputation, and the time of madness be forestalled until the stars align. So, you know, there's, there's always hope. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. Next week, we will hit 200 episodes, which is fucking crazy, y'all. I mean, I got to say, no one thought we'd get this far, at least of all me. This show was supposed to go to the IT graveyards after six or seven episodes, and yet here we are after 200, and I guess... We'd rather we should do something. But you know what? I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do a big deal for 200. I decided I'm gonna save the celebration for the second week of April, the four year anniversary of this dumb show. When I have some time to arrange some special guests, and I don't know, bring in a marching band or strippers. I feel like Fast Eddie should spring for strippers on a show's four year anniversary. I mean, not classy strippers or anything, but you know, some skeevy chicks from like a low rent dive. Classy strippers just be lost on a bunch of losers like us. Speaking of classless losers, rate and review the show wherever you get your pods. It helps people looking for classless losers find us easily. All of my low rent intellectual nudity is on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast and follow us there for all of our tawdry tweets. Each and every one of the 198 preceding shows and presumably the 198 shows that will follow this because I'm trapped in L or at the show name on SoundCloud and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, Dave, rich in laughs but not in cash, Bledsoe, producer worth more in Canada, Gavin, and all the fictional moneymakers on this show, we want to say we're pretty sure someone is to blame, and that's Howard Schultz. We'll see you all next week. But I, I really like this song, and it's written by a guy named Howard. It was the best I could come up with. All right, Gavin? Just get off my ass. for this, so I take a small bow. <laughs> <laughs>